Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Monique. If you're new to the show, my goal is to help you build skills and behaviors to be more effective in the workplace with your team. My guests bring you really valuable information to help you lead better in the workplace. I'm here today with a very special guest and friend, Debbie Madigan. Debbie and I are both based in Phoenix. We both have virtual businesses, and we met long ago at the gym. Today, we'll be flexing our productivity muscle when we talk about time management efficiency, making the best use of your admin support, and what to do if you don't have admin support. Debbie Madigan is the founder of Family Office Management. She's a personal executive assistant. She has 20 plus years experience in C-suite support at the corporate and personal level. She is a second set of hands bringing her clients from the details that can overwhelm them. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you very much, Monique. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, I am so glad you could be on today. Productivity is a really big deal right now. People in the workplace are being required to do more with less resources, and there's been all kinds of layoffs. According to many of my clients, they've fortunately been able to retain their admin support, those who do have admin support. And they're still having a hard time knowing exactly how to use them and what to do with them. So tell us why a leader needs assistance in the office. Well, simply put, it's not an efficient use of their time because they can't and really they shouldn't have to do everything. They were hired as management by either a board or other staff members to do a top level job, not file receipts and do travel arrangements. It's just not part of what they should be doing to maximize their their efficiency. You you said that um, in the management groups that you're talking to, efficiency is a top priority. And your return on an investment for a manager just isn't there without an assistant or somebody providing backup and support. And I know that a lot of my clients who were promoted through the ranks, they have a hard time still getting out of the weeds because they came up that way through the weeds and they're used to being in the weeds and dealing with all the details. And now as management or senior management, They're expected to think more strategically, do more strategic things, take on those types of initiatives. So they they really have a hard time separating themselves from their past, so to speak. So tell us what kinds of tasks can an assistant do? They can do anything. They can do everything. Um, They should be your number one partner in what you're doing day in, day out. Um, They can be a time manager. They can be task follow-up, report prep. Who wants to generate all the reports themselves? You should be doing a top-down review of it, not a bottom-up input for it. It's, It's the travel details. It's the, um, making sure you're not on uh, central time versus Pacific time to make sure that the call goes through at the right time. Um, Time differences can snafu you very easily, but your assistant, your systems make sure that you're efficiently using her time and she's efficiently using your time too. it's, It's a mediation. It's a coordination between the two of you. And I know you mentioned a lot of those menial tasks like travel details. I still have clients coming to me. They're in senior management and they they do have assistance and they 
are filing their own travel receipts. They are dealing with that type of minute detail and they can't really seem to pull out of that. And they know that they need to, and they hate doing it also. It again, it's like this habit that they've had. And and I think there's maybe a lack of knowledge or education out there, which is why I had you on today, as to the real purpose for an assistant, what an assistant really should be doing. And there's also a lot of confusion about the types of assistants that are out there. And, and the terminology seems to be used interchangeably. Maybe it all means the same thing, but help us understand the difference between a personal assistant, an executive assistant, an administrative assistant, a personal executive assistant. Can you kind of clarify those muddy waters? All I can do is based on what my experience has been. A personal assistant is the person that supports your entire life, um, home, work, um, everything, family, banking, taxes, homes, as well as what you do in a corporate world. The executive assistant tends to be um, handling your business relationships, your boards of directors, management, mentorship to a certain extent, but it's more in office versus home and office. Administrative assistants can be doing anything. That might person might support an entire department or a group or um, a function such as purchasing or human resources and specializes in that area. But yeah, they're all pretty much put in the same bucket and they both, they all have the same type of goals. And that is to support the person to reduce the, um, not menial tasking because it's not menial. It's, um, the items that are not going to generate the kind of um, revenue and management that this person is supposed to be doing as part of their professional life. That was a good distinction that you made between the executive assistant and the administrative assistant. So the executive assistant supports just one person, the executive and it sounds like the administrative assistant can support a group of people or a team. And it also kind of defines um, level of experience. I came up through admin, through executive, into personal. And it's like you need a little bit of those skill sets along the way. Um, I would imagine it's like a... Um, an engineer, you start off as a junior engineer, then you become a project engineer, then you become a senior engineer. And during all those processes, you learn skills and you learn techniques to cope so that the tasking becomes more um, gritty. And there's also now assistants that are virtual and assistants that are on site. And sometimes those lines get a little bit blurry. Can you clarify that for us? Well, COVID affected all of us in our daily lives. And for the management person being supported, it can be a personal or a corporate decision to operate from either on-site or remote. There's a lot we can now do remotely, electronic files, passwords, access. So it comes down to some basic facts. You can't meet visitors virtually. If part of your responsibility is to meet your visitors at the front desk, you can't do it virtually. But if you're home, you can do emails, calendaring, online tasking. All of those things can be done online. It tends to be a little more flexible for the support person. Plus, you're not wasting that 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes more, of driving. It's, it's pure efficiency of time. But that's based on what works best for the manager and what works best for the admin. Most often, it's a hybrid of both. So how would you know, like if a leader were going to hire someone, how would they know what they need, whether it's a personal, executive, 
administrative, virtual, in-person? How would they make that decision? It really comes down to the individual. How much of their life are they wanting help with? Most executives have um, partners that support them in their home lives. So they don't need the personal side of it. But sometimes when they get super busy too, often you'll find two entrepreneurs living in the same house. And so they need that personal aspect. An executive assistant, she can normally handle two or three people, but it's a balancing act. But it's no different than anybody else balances. Um, It's a decision based on your schedule. Um, If you're traveling four or five days out of the day, then you won't be in the office. Uh, Remote could be well or a hybrid could be well. Um, It's it's what works best for you and what works best for your support person. Um, it can also change. Um, if you start off in a full in-office function and the person is not there and they ask for remote time, if you can do it, why not? So it's a part of the give and take you have with any management type relationship. A little bit of here and a little bit of there. And is there such a thing as a job description for an assistant? Because they kind of can take on just about anything. And would you really say that you would make a basic job description and then at the kind of put a caveat in there that says they can, you know, it's not limited to this? I mean, how would you how would you do that when you're hiring? Well, it's it's also you need to go in with a basic job description because that way you establish the bottom line of what you need to be doing. Um, From there, it develops into what do you see needing to be done? What do you see um, works well for you? Some, Some of us have things that we do like to do and some things we don't like to do. Now, you end up having to do both, but as you go along with your manager, you can see maybe areas that he needed support that he didn't know. Um, If reports aren't his thing, but they are yours, if you're able to do a 90% compilation for him, that saves him him hours. You like to do it, he doesn't want to do it, so you kind of morph into that. it's it's a little bit of a learning curve. It is a very fine line, though, what what you do cover versus what you don't cover. So if a new assistant was being hired, it's perfectly realistic for her or him to expect to be taking on some additional things outside of the job description. But you're saying it's a bit of a conversation and a collaboration as to what needs to be done and is it within their skill set and and things like that? Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. Um, For example, accounting is not my thing at all. Um, But for one of my gentlemen, it's part of what he does day in and day out. So I have um, taken on... um, some courses that enable me to understand what he's saying. Um, It's like any other conversation. You need a basis of the language. If he says to me, I want to see what a P&L looks like, and I don't know what that P&L means, he's going to have to have a lot more conversations with me, using his time away from something that he should be doing. So it's, it's a learning curve for sure. Um, and some things you just kind of go, it's not my strength. And oftentimes I found where your employer, where your manager is strongest, he doesn't need you to be super strong. He needs you to be strong in areas that are different from him. That way you're a full, well-rounded team. 
So given the variety of tasks that an assistant can do, what kind of skills should a leader look for when they are hiring? Um, Somebody who pays attention to the details, because as we all know, the devil's in the details. Um, How do they handle stress? If you're a CEO, CFO, um, CMO, then you are in a stressful environment. How does your assistant handle that? Um, Because by extension, they're the right hand of your office. They're um, your partner. They're on the ground if you're traveling. Um, How they handle themselves and how they um, manage their time and what you're doing is a reflection on you at all times. And they should know that. We're here with Debbie Madigan, personal executive assistant, talking about the importance of administrative support. Before we go to break, I've got a few announcements. I've got a lot of great resources for you at my website, including a blog and all my social media that you can subscribe to or connect with me there. You can do that at mdconsultingglobal.com. I'm also looking for a great publisher, like I announced last week, in the business genre who can get my book out to all of you leaders out there. So please reach out if you are a great publisher or if you know of one. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll hear how leaders and their assistants can work better together. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, we provide executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, we've been talking to Debbie Madigan, personal executive assistant, about the importance of administrative support in the workplace. Debbie, why is it so hard for leaders to delegate to their assistant? I mentioned this a little bit in the beginning in the first segment that I have a lot of clients who know they should not be doing these detailed things and they're doing them anyway. From what you've seen in your experience, why is that so hard? Trust. Trust is a big thing. Trust for somebody able to carry it out. Uh, Trust that they're not going to drop the ball. Um, Trust that it's just going to get done and to the best level. Um, The other part is a lack of understanding of how to and what an assistant can do, could do, or should not do. Most executives have gotten where they're at because they're great at their job. 
no executive is hired because they're mediocre. Um, you're usually strong, driven, and dedicated. Some strengths which you need to see in support person. This person will make the great executive look on top of everything. They will be your right-hand person, as we mentioned. This is essentials when things are good, but even more so when it's challenging. Honest communication and developed trust is critical. A good assistant can anticipate and plan, given the right information. When emergencies hit, they're able to handle that shift in workload. Um, sharing details, sharing thoughts, planning together will continue to develop the working connection and increase the support value of them. If you don't have to track down board meeting details, saves you time. Communicate what you need, to whom, when, and then let it go. Do a test run. See how they respond. They may come back to you with need for additional input, but it's never lost. Those are skills that you will learn on the next project and the next project. And the more they do, more you'll rely on them. But it is a big first step. Um, what did they say in uh, the movies? The step from the lion's mouth is always the worst one. Yes. But that for your assistant too, by the way. So it really comes down to the communication and, and planning. There's got to be collaboration and discussion. And I think you hit on a key point when you started mentioning this. You mentioned that there's a lack of trust. And some of my clients who are leaders have tried to delegate before. It did not turn out right. It didn't go well. They had really bad experiences. And they are in the mindset that they might as well just do it on their own instead of trying to delegate out again. So I think that that is a big issue is building the trust and delegating. And what I do with them when that happens, when I hear about it in coaching, is that we we try to sort of go back to the drawing board and I coach them on how to delegate differently because a lot of people actually don't know how to delegate. They don't delegate mm -hmm. well, they think they delegated and they didn't really, or the person they're delegating to did not understand the way it was communicated because it wasn't communicated clearly. And that's not the admin's fault. That's the leader who is not communicating correctly. So a lot of times I coach them on better ways to do that and encourage them to go back and try it again. And it they have a better experience the next time around. So I, I think that's really important, too, is the, the communication. What do you think is one thing a leader could do right now? Like when they get finished listening to this interview, what is one thing they could do to start delegating? Well, first of all, you've got to get your assistant on board. Um, if they've had a bad experience with you, um, then it almost needs to be a clean slate. Um, meet with them, ask, ask them what they see, what they can help with, come up with two or three projects, items that can be handled relatively quickly and relatively easily, set your expectations, set your timelines, give them an idea of what you're looking for. At first, it's a nuisance. It's a real nuisance because they will come back to you and ask for micro connect corrections to what they're doing. But this is all part of the big process of learning a common language, um, how to te talk to each other. Um, when, so when somebody says, I need the report by Friday at one o'clock, that means no later than. But if you can get it to me earlier, that'd be awesome. Um, it's what, what is the end goal? What is, what is the product you wanting to see? Two minds are always better than one. Um, we all use cheat sheets for reservations and things like that. Correct. You all have those books with your passcodes and login details and so on and so forth. 
share that. So they don't have to ask you, oh, what's your AAA number? What's your uh, national number? If you share that ahead of time, they won't have to come back and ask for you. Now, that's giving a big step trust that this person won't go in, um, blow up your American Airlines points and so on and so forth. But it's got to start somewhere. Um, if you say to them, I need a reservation tomorrow going from San Francisco to uh, Salt Lake. My American Airlines is this and I want this flight. It's easier for them to go onto your account, enter it up, set it up, send it to you, then find it, send you the details, ask for your login. If it's there, they've already got it. The other thing that's great about those cheat sheets is they're searchable. So if you have a keyword, American, airlines, national, or if you are wanting to have them do something online, well, this is my login. If you give them one word that's searchable, then they can find it. And they don't come, have to come and ask you for more information. The other thing about cheat sheets are eventually your laptop will Chernobyl on you. And one of the tricks I learned is print these cheat sheets off. We all have those memory um, items on the laptop that said, oh, auto-remembered password. Do you remember what it is? Not normally. So print those off, at least on a regular basis. Put it in a file. Put it in a file you can both access. So you're on a trip and you cannot log in. If your assistant has it, she can give it to you. If she doesn't, she can't. So one really important thing that a leader can do when they bring on an assistant is to compile all of that information into one of these cheat sheets. And that way, the assistant has everything up front, including travel preferences and mm -hmm. credit card numbers and all of that. And that way, the assistant has everything right there. They can print it off and keep it. And they don't have to keep going back and forth and wasting time asking for these details. Is that what yeah. I understood? And okay. if your personal information is in there, password protected. So the two of you can just get access and you know, you trust it's not going to be shared. The other one thing that I do want to um, bring up is access to emails and calendars. If your assistant cannot see your emails and cannot see your calendar, then she cannot anticipate. Um, you have a meeting coming up. Um, you have a, a project that's June due on June 1. That's a prompt to her to find out where you want the input from, when you want the draft reports back, you know, so you don't have to. Add deadlines with her. So five days ahead for draft is great. Calendar notices. Calendar notices are critical, especially when you're traveling. A trip to Singapore. She will know to look for what visas do you need? What airline do you want to fly? Who's going with you? Does the credit card need a PIN number for transactions? Cell phone. Make sure your cell phone's got international coverage. The less you have to do, the more efficient you're going to be used on your time. And trust me, when you get to Singapore, you still want the communicate, communicatability you expect here. So if those are all done ahead of time, just based on that one calendar notice, efficiency. One of the other things I'm seeing in coaching, sometimes the leaders will send their assistants to coaching to help them develop skills and things like that. And one of the things that comes up in coaching from the assistant is that they really want and need to push back mm -hmm. on their boss and they're terrified. <laughs> they, they need to say something very direct. They need to be assertive. They need to bring attention to something. And because their boss is so high level, they are really afraid to 
pushback, even in a respectful way, how can somebody do that? How can an assistant do that? The bottom line is you're both, both, both professionals. It's absolutely not personal. This is where that mutual respect comes in and is, is super important. A good manager won't allow that to slip. Um, you're their right-hand person. And that only works if you are able to give that respectful pushback. Um, be honest. I'm com- uncomfortable doing. That's a stop immediately now moment. You both need to listen to why both sides and work on an alternative option. Neither should be uncomfortable. But the manager also needs to listen to what they're saying. Sometimes it's a case of um, the instructions they received aren't matching up with what the tasking they've been asked to do. Nobody wants to let their boss down, ever. But it's where you get those micro touches. I know you said you wanted all the bank contacts updated, but did you want both U.S. and international? So it's be specific. Be specific. Um, The pushback needs to be done behind closed doors. When both of you are calm, set an appointment. Explain what it is you're going to do. That way they can prepare for the meeting as well. Blindsiding them won't won't ever lead to a really good outcome. Now, do we get upset sometimes? Absolutely. A quiet assistant is never a good one because they've just shut down on you. So it goes back to that communication. And I like what you said about set up an appointment, be specific, be, you know, give examples and bring it to their attention. I think a lot of times leaders are so busy that they need the assistant to help them focus on what the problem is or what needs to be communicated. So doing that, you know, in a meeting where there's just both two of them and they can talk freely is a really good idea. The other thing that's important too is the assistant sees just how busy the executive is. So time for them is time away from the things that they need to be doing. But it's important. It's critically important. How many of us go two years without a performance review? Because they just don't have the time. Every other management person in that group has had a performance review, things that's gone well, things that haven't gone well. If you don't do that, then it's almost like, well, she knows she's doing a good job or she knows these areas need some improvement. The formality of it, it, it like validates your worth. And if you find that your reviews aren't being done on a regular basis, step up. Can we make the appointment now? I see you've got an hour on Friday. Just don't let it slide. Really good advice there. We've been talking to Debbie Madigan about how leaders and their assistants can work better together and how they can communicate better. If you're a leader listening to this, think about how you're currently using your assistant. What tips from today can you start implementing right away? And what if you don't have an assistant? Then how do you stay organized and how do you keep your team organized? Well, we'll hear all about that after we take a quick break. So you won't want to miss this next segment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. At MD Consulting, we provide executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, 
we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Leading with Intention. I hope you've been enjoying the show. If you know of a great guest for the show or a sponsor who wants some visibility, please send them my way. You can do that at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Also, if you know of a publisher in the business genre, we definitely should chat about that. We're here with Debbie Madigan talking about administrative support, productivity, and how leaders can better utilize their support people. Debbie, how can people manage their day and time if they are leaders without support? Or if they aren't leaders at all, they're just regular individual contributors, but they do not have support. What are some tips for that? Same. Be your own assistant. Um, I found that oftentimes um, there are 30-second tasks that can eventually save you hours and hours for other days, plus the brain drain of not having to remember. Searchable files. You remember a name, but keep keywords so that they can be found. The same in emails. The amount of information I found in an email chain because somebody said, you know, I remember he was from Charleston. Search Charleston in your emails. You'll eventually find the information you need. Um, What I like to do with emails is we normally have hard copies in files, either electronic or Dropbox or otherwise. Have your email system reflect your filing system. So if you know it's under a specific project or if it's under a specific client, have your emails reflect that so you're not searching 2,000 emails not having to keep 2,000 emails. It's all in its own separate little file folder. The other thing is keep B items, B items. Take the 30 seconds it takes to pull down that statement, file it away, so that eventually when you're in the middle of mayhem and you need that statement, it's there. It's, it's just a 30-second task. And the other part of it, too, is after you get done with some pretty intense A item work, a little B item management to turn the brain down a little bit, it's not always a bad thing. Keep passwords consistent. For example, um, most of them require now letters, uppercase, lowercase, and a character. 
So, for example, um, company name, Smith, capital, 2023, exclamation point. Try and be consistent. It's for the time when you switch from online to your phone, you're like, well, I know it's a Smith account, so the password will be Smith 2023, exclamation point. If you don't have to remember things, if it's intuitive, then it makes it one less thing you have to dig around and, and or ask somebody else for a copy of. It's just really good practice to get into. And we all operate from both laptops and phones. And it's not always instant plug and play. You have to remember it. How important are tools like the task list, the electronic task list that are in email programs or using the calendar for something other than appointments? Are those tools that can be used in multiple ways that will help people stay organized? Well, I live in Outlook. I live on calendars. Um, I live in emails. I use the task flags 20 times a day. You can't remember that you're due to have a 30-day follow-up with a client unless you flag an email, put a, a good description of why that flag's there. Um, there are some defaults, follow-up. Follow-up won't help you identify what it is you're doing with that email. Tasks are brilliant because you can assign it today, tomorrow, next week, next year, so they're always there. They do not forget. You can start the day off, review your tasks for the day, both as assistant, your own, and for your boss, for theirs. And if you don't see that that report from Jim in accounting was there, send a gentle note. Hey, your due date is today. Be the other department's best advocate. You know, because um, the next step is your boss emails them, you're late. So which would they prefer to get? Um, task flags. Task flags are brilliant because um, you can put as much or as little detail. The other thing is about task flags. They're attached to an email. So you don't have to go digging to find the last email. Or you do um, emails in this chain to find the last email so that you always have the correspondence that you're working on and the task that you're having to follow up on right there in front of you. Um, it's, it's saved me. The other thing is, if it's a B item and you keep going, oh, if, tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow, eventually that B item becomes an A item and you have to deal with it. So take those B items and do it for that five minutes you want of peace and quiet, non-stress, routine tasking. Now you are a personal executive assistant. So you do the personal side of your client's life plus the business side, right? Correct, I do. How do you keep your sanity? Because for, for all the other personal executive assistants out there, or even executive assistants or administrative assistants, let's talk about sanity and how that works. Um, my forte are the details, definitely. Um, and that's where a good assistant becomes a great assistant. For example, You've got a meeting coming up. Um, you know there are a couple of vegetarians. Don't bring in burgers. Um, make a note. Make a note for yourself. You don't have to remember all these things. Um, your board of directors, last year's gift, it was a lovely Bordeaux. Don't get a Bordeaux this year. Suggest a rosé or a, a champagne or a Prosecco. These are all details that make the executive look good, and you in control. Passport information. 
add their birthday to your calendar. It takes 30 seconds and a quick note or WhatsApp, happy birthday. It means that you're paying attention to those little details. Sanity. Well, you have known me from the gym. Sanity is that one thing that you do for you. Um, most of us assistants have work lives, chaotic work lives, and chaotic home lives. And eventually, what, you have to give time back to yourself. For me, I found exercise. Um, going back 15, almost 20 years now, uh, seven habits. I went to a seminar, and one of the questions was, what was the last thing you did for you? And I couldn't remember, not read a book. I had two small children, a career, family, house, all the things that go along with a living a life. And I could not remember when the last time I'd picked up a book or done something for me. So that night I went home and I did a 30 minute walk. I told family, you, you can wait, you can wait. And then I came back. And it was that repetitive motion. So the next week, I went out and bought videotapes. Yes, videotapes. And I did it at home. And about five years later, I eventually joined a gym. And that, for me, was a pivot point. Um, it was the time that I dedicate to me. And we all need it. Absolutely. The best investment you make is your investment in yourself. So new EAs or administrative assistants should really continue to try to find that balance between what they're doing work-wise and what they need to do for themselves really is the bottom line for sanity. It is. Um, I've looked at a lot of successful people and they seem to manage to do more in less time by balancing their own personal needs from a physical standpoint that translates into an emotional standpoint because you're a lot more confident when you're worth the investment. And that confidence comes through in not just the ability to do things, but the ability to take on new things. You did dancing. So you step out of your own comfort zone and then figure, I learned something new. And eventually you get to the stage where you're confident carrying that through. You become more confident every day. And it's the same in the business world. It really is. That first step is terrifying. What does a typical day look like for you? I don't think there is a typical day, to be honest with you. Um, hmm. Typical day. I start off relatively slow. I go through my task lists and oftentimes I'll put a flag on them that if I haven't gotten to it by two o'clock, that's a prompt for me to get with the program. Um, I'll check WhatsApp, see what communications have come through uh, via WhatsApp. Um, some of the people I support are international time zones. And WhatsApp and Viber are, are great tools for them being able to communicate with you. The other thing is time differences. If they're plus seven, you don't want your email blown up before you're even out of bed. So it's paying attention to what they're doing and what you're doing. So it's what, what's critical today. For example, I was looking at um, travel schedules today, how to get them there with a minimum of muss and fuss um, so that they're, they're in charge and in control when they step up for their meetings. Um, is the car service going into the right airport? You know, that kind of thing. So you really 
have to prioritize and reprioritize each day depending on what's happening that day. So that part's important. How can potential clients or new EAs find you? Um, I am on LinkedIn. Um, although I, I will be honest with you, it's one of my B items and it needs to become a higher um, um, level. But um, I'm happy to share um, an email with sure. somebody who's struggling or okay. um, LinkedIn, I think, would probably be the best way. Okay. Okay, great. And we've been sharing that in our promotions. So that's great that they can find you there. And all the information that you've been giving us today has been really helpful. For those of you who may have tuned in late, we've been hearing about how you can use your support, your admin support in the most effective way. And we've listened to what you can do if you don't have admin support. We've heard from Debbie Madigan today, a seasoned personal executive assistant about tips and strategies to be more organized at work and to work better with your admin support. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate next, it. Next week, we will hear from Fred Stuvik. He will be talking about the 10 steps to being a better leader. You have been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel today. You can support the show at mdconsultingglobal.com. There you can connect with me on social media, subscribe to my blog. You can download free resources. You can also refer guests and sponsors to the show. And don't forget about that publisher. But best of all, you can tune in again next week. And while you're gone, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.